0: I spent a lot of my life knowing God, knowing that He loved me, but I did not know that it was okay to not be okay. And so there's been this beautiful kind of unraveling for me of knowing I don't have to be strong enough or good enough. God knew that we would make a mess of it down here. That's why He sent Jesus. And as I've stood up in the truth of some of the brokenness in my story, I've seen the power of the gospel, the truth of the gospel that He meets us in our most broken places. Welcome. To the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host,
1: New York Times best-selling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible which tells the story of God's wonderful, never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking all about being perfect. No. Oh dear, not really. Of course not. But seriously, do you ever think you have to be perfect for God to love you, and that you have to keep all these rules, and that if you stop keeping the rules, he'll stop loving you? As a little girl... I'd hear the story of David and Goliath, for example, and I'd think I was supposed to copy David, be brave like David. But I was just a little girl and I was much too scared and I I knew I could never fight a giant. I wasn't at all like David. So how could God love me? I was sure he couldn't. I wasn't doing it right. I had somehow missed what the Bible is all about. Because the Bible isn't mainly a book of rules telling you what you should or shouldn't do. It certainly does have some rules in it, and they tell us how life works best. But the Bible isn't mainly about you or me or what we should be doing. It's about God and what he has done. And also, the Bible isn't a book of heroes showing you people you're meant to copy The Bible does have some heroes in it, but most of the people in the Bible are not heroes at all. They get scared, they run away, they don't do it right at all. Most of them are just really, to be quite honest, naughty, dirty, rotten scoundrels. So the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling the one big story the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. He would move heaven and earth to be near his children, always. Whatever happened, whatever it cost him, he would always love his children. And so now we have this wonderful certain hope to hold on to in the dark, that it's not because we're so good that God loves us, but because he is. Our guest today is my friend Ellie Holcomb. Ellie shares how she personally battles the lies that can come and whisper to us, telling us that God is not good, that he cannot be trusted, that he doesn't want the best for us, that we need to be perfect or he won't love us. Ellie shares how her songwriting has strengthened her faith in a good God. I love how vulnerable and honest Ellie is. She's not afraid to question and wrestle with her faith and she shares her struggles with us so we can know we're not alone when we struggle. I met Ellie a few years ago and we became friends immediately. We've written songs together and we've even been on tour together in a proper tour bus and everything. That was really a highlight of my entire career and I was giddy all of the time. We laughed a great deal. It was so much fun. But anytime I can hear Ellie, I will drop everything. I know you'll be so blessed to hear from her too. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and yours, Ellie Holcomb.
0: Hello, I'm Ellie Holcomb. I am married to Drew Holcomb. We just hit 15 years. He is a musician as well. And I am a singer, songwriter and author I had started memorizing Scripture with a friend of mine who battles depression, and in a conversation with her, I realized there are so many lies that she was believing about who she was, about who God is. And then in the middle of the conversation, I realized there's so many lies that I'm believing about who God is and who I am. And so I just got I don't know, angry. I was like, good grief, there's an enemy and his name is the father of lies and when he speaks, lies are his native language is what the Bible says, that little punk. And I'm like, I am not going down without a fight. I am so sick of the enemy stealing our life, our joy, our peace, that like John 10, 10, the life to the full that God comes to offer us. And so I just said, you know, God calls his word a sword. We're going to use it. So we started memorizing scripture really in an effort because we realized it wasn't enough to just acknowledge the lies. We desperately needed to like ground ourselves and like replace the lie with the truth, ground ourselves and anchor down in the truth. And so we started memorizing God's word. I'm really bad at it, honestly, bad at memorizing Scripture, but it has been one of the most fruitful things in my life. It has not necessarily changed our circumstances, but it's changed us. It's given us solid ground to stand on kind of when the shame storms roll in. We honestly do struggle to memorize it. It's hard work, even though it's beautiful work, but I just thought I can remember a thousand songs easy, so what if... I started sitting in God's Word and letting music come out. And so that's what I started doing. And it feels extravagant to me to sit in Scripture and to say, Okay, God, I believe, but help my unbelief and kind of work that out in a song. So really, the Scriptures are why I started writing music. And it's been such a joy and a delight to share those songs with people because I just know that God's Word doesn't come back void. And so it's woven into all the melodies and all the songs. And it's been such a joy to see Him do what He does and to encourage His other kids with His Word in the songs that I've had the privilege of writing. I have known God and known about God and known His love for me for a long time. I remember one of my earliest memories at the church is actually even before, I think I was probably five, four, but in Sunday school, I remember singing. My dad would lead songs for the kids Which I loved so much. Father Abraham, uh, you know, all those kind of like, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. So I remember singing about God and actually remember doing these um, little—we were memorizing, I guess it was Psalm 23, and we got to cut out these special little felt lambs with glitter all over them, and we decorated them in a shepherd's staff. And I have always, from that age, I thought that was so special. I just remember being like, these are treasures, and these words are are treasures. And so I've always been drawn to the Psalms, even from like a very young age, which is really sweet, because as I've grown up, I feel I am often called a psalmist. I so often work out my faith in song. I'm grateful for David and for the way that he asks questions, for the way that he bosses his soul around <laughs> all the time. I love that in the Jesus Storybook Bible, she calls uh, it's like the Psalms or like the songbook of the Bible. It's like the greatest hits, I think she calls it that, and I and I love that so much. But I really did think, even though no one ever said this, in terms of my faith journey, as. A, Growing up, no one ever said this from the pulpit. My mom and dad didn't say it. My teachers at my little school never said this. But but for some reason, my understanding of the gospel was that I was supposed to be good enough, and I was supposed to love God and love other people enough. And That is all good and well, but that is not the gospel. The gospel is him coming hard and fast after us when we're running in the other direction. And three years in a marriage, I myself in counseling, and I just loved the invitation that my counselor really repeated, really from Jesus. He gives it to all of us that where there's truth, there's freedom. And so I spent a lot of my life knowing God, knowing that He loved me, but I did not know that it was okay to not be okay. And so there's been this beautiful kind of unraveling for me of knowing I don't have to be strong enough or good enough. That's God knew that we would make a mess of it down here. That's why he sent Jesus. And as I've stood up in the truth of some of the brokenness in my story, I've seen the power of the gospel, the truth of the gospel that he meets us in our most broken places. So I'm really grateful for those early years of understanding, you know, his love for me. I think my understanding of that continues to expand. Some people say they go through a deconstruction of their faith as they get older. And I think certainly there's been things, have questions, I I feel like I have maybe less answers, but I also feel more confident of who God has been and how He's met me in some of the deepest places of pain in my story and in this world. And so I am grateful that in His kindness, God has shown me that He didn't come to make bad people, good people. He came to make dead people, alive people. And that's what I've seen Him do in my story. And I'm so grateful for the way that the Jesus Storybook Bible—I read that introduction all the time, and I'm so grateful for the way that it sort of talks about that the Bible isn't a story that's mainly about us and what we should be doing. It's mainly a story about God and what He has done for us. And it's the greatest love story that's come true in real life. I can basically quote it because I love it so much. So I'm really grateful to have a book that I now read with my kids that sort of puts words to some of really my faith journey and coming to understand it wasn't about me being good or following all the rules. It's about God being the perfect covering. He has more than enough for all of our not enough, and I'm really grateful for that. To, to read through the Jesus Storybook Bible with my kids. I've got, a, I've got Emily Lou who's eight, Huck, who's five, and Rivers, who's two. Honestly, one of the biggest tools that we use in our home. And from the time that she could barely talk, she would be like, Mom, let's talk. And I'm like, sweet girl, you know, like, I don't know, 20 words. What do you want to talk about? She's like, Jesus. And I'm like, okay. No, she would say the Bible. And I'll say, okay, what's what's the Bible? She goes, story. And I'm like, okay, what's a story about lost treasure? And I'm like, and who's the lost treasure? Me, all people. <laughs> <laughs> so it has been such a beautiful tool in my family. It's been a tool that, as I've read these stories, they've started conversations with my kids, and, and that's been really through those conversations is the way that they've really come to like invite Jesus into to live in their heart and to be a part of their lives. And so, I think for me, it's really integrated the Jesus story. While well, we read it in the mornings, every Christmas we do it for Advent, and so, and I just love. I'm so grateful for that tool. I will say I um, have memorized scripture with my kids a lot, and and it's so funny. I I just honestly set out to memorize scripture with them because it's so beautiful to have those powerful tools, just like it's treasure buried in your heart. It's like a constant source of light in any dark night when you're scared of the monsters that you just can pull out and shine. And so it's been a really beautiful thing memorizing scripture with them too. But it's so funny because when I try to memorize scripture with them, I'm like, oh, this is really hard. And I end up singing it. I end up writing songs. And so right now it's for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind cuz it's a lot easier to sing that than to say that for me and so i've ended up writing all these kids records with you know scripture kind of woven into the songs cuz that's just what i'm doing with my kids really hoping that they'll have access like to life-giving words and light and hope at all the moments of their lives. It's how we kind of fight back against the worry. We speak the truth. And so I'm just so grateful for the way that Sally really highlights that the Bible tells a story and invites us to be swept up into this story that God is writing of his kingdom coming. And so in terms of encouraging like my kids to share their faith, I just, I hope that it's just the stories that they want to tell of how God met them, of, of who he is. And I hope I equip them by telling stories of God moving in my own heart and my own life to tell their own stories of God. I'm grateful for the hope that Sally kind of whispers through every story, and it's the hope that Scripture whispers through every story. We make a mess of things, but God. (laughs) And so I'm so, so grateful for the way that this passage and so many of the passages in the Jesus Storybook Bible point us to look for Jesus, who is our hope. We don't have to bury hope because hope Himself was buried for us and walked up out of a grave. So this is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's the secret rescue plan we made from before the beginning of the world. It's the only way to get you back, but He won't stay dead. I will make Him alive again, and one day when He comes back to rule forever, the mountains and trees will dance and sing for joy. The earth will shout out loud. His fame will fill the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. Everything sad will come untrue. Even death is going to die. And He will wipe away every tear from every eye. Yes, the Rescuer will come. Look for Him. Watch for Him. Wait for Him. He will come. I promise. Man. Oh, as I read that, it just makes me want to weep. There's this idea that our hope is not just this flimsy, I hope things will be better one day. But it's a hope that is grounded in the story of Jesus. And in this already, he's come, he's defeated death, but he's also coming back to, to defeat death and sadness once and for all and I'm very very grateful for that hope that we all have and for that hope that we get to share with the little ones in our lives You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook
1: underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love.